This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined for another weekly preview episode by the great Kate Maju. Kate, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm ready for some Thursday night football. We're going to see some booty spanked, some uh, Bronco booty spanked, probably. (laughs) But you know what? Like Thursday night football, it's magical. You never know what's going to happen. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be in for some surprises, but like this is this going to be an interesting week. Lots of injuries uh, that have decimated our fantasy football team. So we're we're kind of in like scrappy mode of the season and we're here to help you all through it. Yeah, scrappy mode is a good way to describe it. I think like we're, we're we did the waiver wire episode this week, and I think it was like our biggest list of players um, so far, just because, like you said, the injuries and, you know, some changes and stuff like that, too. But um, yeah, the injuries have been brutal, obviously. But yeah, we're going to go through it. I mean, just two teams on a bye this week, um, the Packers and Kate, your Steelers as well, getting a much deserved bye week after picking up the win against uh, the Ravens last week somehow. Um, but it's yeah, it's going to be nice for you to not at least have to talk about them this week and, and the, yes. the Najee Harris and Jalen Warren situation. So you got to be feeling pretty good about that. You've earned a break from them. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I needed that. I I'm sick of talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point, sick of Matt Canada, sick of all that. So I get a break and we could talk about like some, some more interesting teams here, which, uh, you know, it might have a little bit more fantasy impact than these Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. I was, it's funny. I was watching, um, the Penguins game that the, there was a hockey game on on uh, I think it was Wednesday night and the fans were chanting fire Canada during the hockey game um, which at is this just point, it's just like it's so it, at this point it's awkward honestly yeah. it's it's uncomfortable it I feel I honestly feel for Matt Canada because that knowing that you are like the most hated man in a team's fan base right now is that's got to be a big weight on his shoulders so uh, hopefully he's finding some suitable ways to unwind during this bye week. Cause I feel like he's probably earned it, but it, yeah. honestly, he probably shouldn't relax on this bye week because we need him to pick up the pace. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would imagine that, uh, there's, there needs to be a pretty big turnaround there for him to kind of stick with the team at this point, um, long-term, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's not impossible. That's for sure. They have the talent. So, um, yeah, but anyways, back to week six, I, I'm looking forward to getting into it here. We're, we're going to go game by game again. Um, we're going to hit on the key players, matchups, all that stuff. I'll add the timestamps in there as well, um, in the episode description. So again, people can bounce around and find the games they're looking for. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, other than that, we, 
we will do a quick shout out here from our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can go back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy that's meetfabric.com slash fantasy m-e-e-t fabric.com slash fantasy policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right let's start it off here with the thursday night football game as we always do it is an afc west showdown between the denver broncos the kansas city chiefs Anyone's game, really. Probably a pick them in the sports books, right? Oh, no, never mind. Kansas City, 11-point favorites um, because the Broncos' defense is abysmal, and now they face Patrick Mahomes. So, Kate, where do you want to start with this one? Honestly, I I like I, I think we kind of know what's up with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It, you play Patrick Mahomes. You play Travis Kelsey, who is expected to play, though he is formally listed as questionable uh, with that ankle injury. You're playing those two. Um, you know, I, and I think you can pick one of these wide receivers. Like we said, uh, every single week, it feels like, um, you know, Rashi Rice is the guy, but you've also had some heavy involvement from Justin Watson. Um, this is a defense that is going to provide enough fruitful opportunity for, you know, all of the receiving options, plus the running backs, uh, didn't even get to the running backs here. I've yeah. got Isaiah Pacheco uh, ranked as my overall RB seven on the week uh, against this Broncos defense. I think that, that this is a very interesting spot. I, I think, um, you know, not, not looking forward to seeing what results on the other side of the ball though. Yeah, no, the other side is is not uh, as exciting, that's for sure. I, I don't think there's as much potential with, with Denver's offense. But yeah, for those that maybe aren't aware of the Denver defense, for example, they've allowed the third most passing yards this season. They've allowed the most rushing yards against so far this season, tied for the third most rushing touchdowns against, uh, 13 passing touchdowns allowed, also the most in the league. So yeah, this, is, uh, this defense is not good. And um, I'm with you, Kate. I think you start all those players, Mahomes, Pacheco, Kelsey um, and yeah I'm still in the Rashi Rice dart throw we talked about him last week and in, in, for deeper leagues he hit it was his best week of, of the season I think wide receiver 23 or so um, so yeah I think you, you could probably plug him in there uh, even though again the routes aren't there target rate is there it's it's a weird situation but yeah on the Broncos side um, Javante Williams is expected to be back but any interest in him this week because Samaji Pirine is still there. Jaleel McLaughlin uh, has been good in his absence, right? He, he's he's averaging 7.2 yards per carry. Um, the other two, Pirine and, and Javante Williams, are below four or 3.6 or lower. So I don't know. I think Javante is probably the top one to trust, but like, I don't know. He's like maybe RB3 range at best for me at, at this point. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this team. I think that, you know, largely speaking, we're probably going to need to expect that at least in this first game returning uh, for Javante Williams, especially in a short week, that we might just see a total hodgepodge of, you know, running back usage. It might be all over the place. And, you know, to date this point, 
Um, the Chiefs have allowed the 27th fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Um, actually been kind of solid. And you know what? Like teams can't often afford the luxury to run on the Kansas City Chiefs because the mm-hmm. offense, you know, even even when it's not firing on all cylinders, like I think we've kind of experienced at this point this season, they still score plenty of points. So, you know, yeah. it, it even if if you know this rushing offense can find some room against the Chiefs, I just don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball enough. Uh, just given game script, I'm I'm kind of out on this backfield in week week six. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think you have to start any of these guys, especially Javante Williams. It, it's again, it's not a great matchup. But how about for for Russell Wilson and and the passing offense here? Russ has finished back to back top ten QB finishes um, for the weeks, and I, I don't know this this seems like another one of those ones where it maybe not the best matchup for for the Denver passing offense either, right? The the wide receivers just haven't really gotten it done this season. The chiefs have some strong coverage players as well in Trent McDuffie and, and Legereus Sneed that they have to contend with. So any interest in the Denver passing offense for this game? No, <laughs> I I'm literally just kind of out on, on this entire offense yeah. in general. Uh, my biggest point of curiosity, and this isn't necessarily a matchup point, uh, but it could be a, a, you know, opportunity to feature Jerry Judy. There have been flurries of reports all throughout the day uh, here today. We're recording on Thursday um, regarding the potential of a trade of Jerry Judy to a a team in need of a wide receiver ahead Mm. of the NFL trade deadline. As these rumors start to heat up, I do wonder if maybe they, they make it a point of emphasis to, to, you know, show off this shiny toy total speculation i don't know but i do i think there probably will be a little bit of garbage time here maybe um but again this is i I think a generally like a pretty tough defense that i I, you know i think is a little bit underrated and and you might not get all that you want even in garbage time so i'm kind of i'd i'd rather look elsewhere yeah no yeah that that's an interesting point for sure there's there's always that potential um especially before a player gets traded they 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 do tend to showcase some of these guys so maybe um i know jerry judy playing out of the slot a little bit more too so trent mcduffie's been really good um out of the slot for for uh kansas city and if he doesn't end up playing there and legerious need comes in even though they haven't deployed them that way this year but they did last year it's tough matchups for for judy basically um but if the targets are there that that could definitely help his um fantasy potential as well this week um all right, let's go to the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and where is this game being played, Kate? London. <laughs> is it, did I get it right? I nailed it. I know that the people, uh, the people want me to work on my accent. Um, l- let me know how it how it came out this week because I I know it's it's not been a pretty road to get here, but I, I appreciate y'all uh, in in the support here for my British accent. <laughs> Yeah, he nailed it. Um, it. It was it was spot on. I'm sure um, our our English listeners are are gonna appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, for this game, I guess we'll start with the Ravens here. The maybe the running backs because do, do you have a preference for for either of these guys? I mean, last game we did see Gus Edwards get more carries, right? Um, but it was Justice Hill who delivered the touchdown, and then Hill's been getting the the majority of passing down work and and the goal line work, but Edwards getting the majority of those early down carries as well. So 
I'm curious yeah, where you lean as far as who to trust in this Baltimore backfield if you had to pick somebody. I had to pick somebody, it'd be <laughs> Justice Hill. Um, again, you kind of alluded to it, you know, Gus Edwards has outrushed justice Hill this year. Um, he's being utilized more in that, that, you know, early down role, like you said, um, 56 carries to justice Hill's 29, but justice Hill is leading this team in red zone carries, uh, at the running back position 10 so far in the year that those have yielded three total touchdowns, um, three carries inside the five, like that those are the touches that matter, right? And and getting those those few targets from Lamar Jackson, which um, you know, it they're sparing at the running back position, but I do think that Hill is getting the most valuable touches that that you can have so far this season uh without JK Dobbins in that mix. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I do tend to lean Hill as well. Just like you said, those high value touches are are kind of the key there for this offense. So um yeah, just not overly excited about them. Again, we, we've talked about the Tennessee run defense as well and how they're a bit of a tougher matchup for the running backs. So it's not somebody, not players that you're targeting necessarily, but if you have to start them, um, yeah, we tend to prefer Justice Hill. Anything else for this this Ravens office, offense that you, you'd want to talk, talk about? Uh, I think you can fire up. I, I think Zay Flowers seems to be the, the top target for Lamar Jackson at the wide receiver position. Um, I'm fine firing him up uh, matchup against the Titans eighth uh, in fantasy points to the wide receiver position allowed so far this season um, could have had a much bigger day if it weren't for a couple of drops mm. in week five. Um, you know, I, I think that this is just a, uh, this is a fine matchup. Uh, you know, I, I think the matchup is more conducive to the passing game. So um, I'm, I'm good firing up say flowers. That's kind of it though. Yeah, I think say Flower, he's just kind of the clear wide receiver one, right? For for Baltimore, I'm not as interested in the other guys, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman. Um, but Flowers has been awesome. I other than those drops, obviously last week, but he's even seeing like a slightly higher target rate than Mark Andrews so far this season, which is kind of nice. But yeah, like you said, the Titans they're they're giving up the passing yards as well, eighth most passing yards um, in the league, as well as eighth most points to, to fantasy wide receivers. So you like that for for Baltimore's Zay Flowers. Um, on the Titans side of things, Derrick Henry has been kind of up and down so far this year, right? Like Tajay Spears continues to be heavily involved. You know, he's mostly receiving down work, but he's getting carries now as well, right? And the Ravens, not a great matchup for, for running backs in the first place. So they're, they rank top 10 in rushing yards allowed. They still haven't allowed a rushing touchdown this season. So how do you feel about Derrick Henry or Tajay Spears this week? Do you feel like you can start these guys and trust them? I mean, I think you start Derrick Henry just based on the fact that he's Derrick Henry right. and he is seeing the bulk of the touches in this offense. You know that, you know, I think generally speaking, it, you know, if Derrick Henry's on the on the Tennessee Titans, he's going to be their lead back. Like, there's no question about that. But he has been generally outplayed by Tajay Spears mm -hmm. in, in terms of efficiency kind of across the board, Um, you know being outplayed in terms of yards before contact yards after contact per attempt, misforced tackle rate uh, yards per attempt, like across the board, mm -hmm. Tajay Spears is, is outplaying Henry. And I think that this is just kind of one of those moments where you, you note that maybe this is that moment we've been fearing uh, 1972 career touches to this point, ranked second among active running backs. We might just be seeing some of that declining efficiency, but you know, it, even like Derrick Henry at his worst is 
is better than most at their best. So like I I'm still firing up Henry just for that upside, but uh, still not looking to get Tajay Spears involved until we actually see, um, you know, a, a significant uptick in touches. Um, you know, he's he's taken on a fair bit of the uh, offensive snaps, but he's not necessarily touching the ball when he's getting mm-hmm. those snaps. So I, I think that's sort of the key differentiator there for me. Nice. Yeah, that's a good breakdown for sure. Um, how about DeAndre Hopkins? Because I don't think we're interested in the rest of the Tennessee um, passing offense, right? But again, Ravens, they're good defense. They've been a man-heavy defense. They've been good at, at playing man coverage. Um, the good thing for Hopkins, I guess, is the target rate, right? Especially when facing man coverage, a 36% target rate against man this season. So it's hard to sit him because I guess he's that clear number one target in that offense by a, a mile, really. Um, but that Baltimore being just kind of a stingy defense um, this week, I think makes it a little bit more difficult to pass against um, than 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 usual for, for Hopkins and company. But yeah, you're probably starting DeAndre Hopkins this week, right? Yeah, and I I do think you're probably tempering expectations. Baltimore yeah. uh, has a league high uh, coverage grade per PFF. Um, still looking for his first touchdown. Like uh, you know, obviously had that breakout game against the Colts last week, 140 receiving yards. But that was a great matchup for wide receivers, and I definitely don't don't think this matchup is nearly as favorable. Um, so I think, you know, you're kind of starting him as as a volume play with some potential upside, but I'm expecting a uh, performance somewhere in the wide receiver two to wide receiver three range from Hopkins this week. Nice. Yeah, that's fair for sure. Um, anything else in this game that you want to talk about or should we go on to our commanders here? Let's keep riding. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about Sam. Howell. Yeah. Oh, man. He he gave us a scare in the first half last week. I'm not going to lie. I was sweating. Um but because that first half was ugly, but then goes in the second half, totally redeems himself 300 plus yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I believe it was, um, it finishes as QB six on, on the week. Um, but yeah, that, that first half definitely had me sweating. Cause we, we were really high on him on last week's preview pod. Um, I started him in a ton of places. I was thinking maybe I, I was high for being so high on him, but that's why you play the full 60 minutes because he bailed us out in the end. So <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about Sam Howell going against the Falcons, um, off our defense this week? To be honest, like, I, I actually think this, this Falcons defense a lot, probably tougher yeah. than, than anybody's giving them credit for. Um, so it's not an ideal matchup, but I do think that, uh, you know, this is also a tough matchup against the run. I think they're going to be in a position where, um, much like last week, uh, in week five that, you know, having that opportunity and, and being forced to pass the ball a lot really played into, uh, you know, Sam Howell's favor in terms of garbage time, um, you know, just trying to play catch up. And I think that that can yeah. be a similar game script that we see this week. Um, just based on necessity, based on the fact that the Falcons, you know, not not necessarily a a pushover secondary anymore, uh, ranked 17th in fantasy points allowed to uh, the quarterback position, um, just not giving up a ton. And I, I think that this is, you know, not a not a shutdown defense, it's not a scary defense. But generally speaking, if I have other options over Sam Howell, I'll I'll lean their way. Um you know, this is uh, one of five defenses this year that have yet to allow uh, over a thousand passing yards through five games this year. Um, just not not in love with that matchup. So I'll probably look towards other options. But you're you're very excited about some of that garbage time you saw in week five for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I think we're we're in the exact same mindset here because, like you mentioned, the, the, the Falcons' defense has been like much improved. They're they're allowing just six point two yard passing yards per attempt, which is sixth best in the league. Um, you know, the, I guess the good thing for Howell is if you do want to stream him, is this Atlanta pass rush is among the bottom in the league, which should help a quarterback who has taken twenty nine sacks and has the highest Ooh. pressure to sack conversion rate in the league. So. Yeah, it's not like I hate the matchup for Howell, like you said, but it's not he's not really back in that like must start, you know, easy stream range for me this week just because of what that Falcons coverage unit ha- has been so far this year. Um, but it does kind of keep me from being too excited about Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, um, even Curtis Samuel, who, who's been effective out of the slot. But D. Alford, uh, the Falcons slot corner there, he's earned an 83.1 coverage grade this year, which ranks sixth best among corners. He's been really solid as well. So. Yeah, not the best matchup, but like you said, there could be potential volume there, for at least for Howell, um, and we'll see which one of these wide receivers kind of benefits um, this week. Yeah, or maybe the tight end position. We've got Logan right, Thomas. Logan who, Thomas, yeah. Uh, checking out like his his roster ship percentage on ESPN and, fan, uh, and Yahoo Fantasy, um, he's available in most leagues. He's tied for uh, the 12th most routes run among tight ends despite missing a week. Um, mm-hmm. Howell's tied for the fourth most targets per game to the tight end position, tight end seven and fantasy points per game. Like I light up your Logan Thomas's, I think, um, yeah. and, and see what happens, uh, at least 40 receiving yards, uh, or a touchdown in each game he's played so far this season, relatively safe floor, uh, for what's otherwise kind of been a volatile pass attack. Yeah, that's a great call. We we talked about Logan Thomas on the waiver wire show as well. And you're right. This is this has been a, a nice fit for him. He's he's been involved in the offense. Hopefully he can continue to stay healthy because yeah, he's been like a favorite target of Sam Howell as well. So that's nice to see. Um speaking of tight ends, uh on the Atlanta side, don't say Kyle it. Pitts. Yeah. No. <laughs> we have to talk about him again because he continues to be just like the bizarro tight end of the NFL. It's Season high in targets this past week, but his second fewest route runs on the year. So go figure there. I mean, me personally, I'm just not trusting it. It was a good week last week, but until we see more consistency from him, I just, I cannot put him in lineups. I I don't know how you feel about him after last week. Yeah. I I think what we're still seeing is that Kyle Pitts might just not be healthy. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Had Arthur Smith come out and say like, well, you know, he's getting closer to a hundred percent, which reading between the lines, that just is an admittance that he's not fully healthy, um, has just three more targets than Johnny Smith over the season. They're both averaging just like right around 11 and a half yards per reception. But Johnny Smith is outpacing Kyle Pitts across the board in, in pretty much any metric that might, uh, you know, indicate there's some explosion there yards after the catch per reception yards per route run miss forkles force tackles after the catch like across the board smith has been the better player there so i i think given that that you know split in in terms of target opportunity the you know lack of of explosion after the catch from pitts but you know all of that you're fading but i also don't think this is a great matchup the the commanders mm-hmm. have been sort of a, a uh more challenging matchup against fantasy tight ends um, still are like have allowed just a single uh, receiving touchdown to a tight end so far this year. That was uh, Cole Komet, but even then uh, held to 42 receiving yards and a score. Like you're not, uh, you're not going to be angry if you sit him in those circumstances. <laughs> so I think um, just generally out on pits, not, 
I'm I'm not swayed by the week five. Yeah, we just just got to see it a few more times, string a couple good games together and then, you know, maybe we could trust them again. But yeah, like you said, it, there there's definitely some seems to be some health concerns there. Um, I know there were videos and stuff floating around of his routes and stuff last week. So, um, yeah, not not ideal for Kyle Pitts. Anybody else on Atlanta um, that, that you'd want to talk about here? I mean, obviously, we know Bijan Robinson were starting, but Desmond Ritter coming off a QB eight performance last week. Yeah, he could weird. definitely <laughs> yeah, you can definitely pass against like the Washington defense, but I don't know. I this is not a player that I'm trusting really either. We've just seen him be ineffective too many times already this season. Yeah, not really trusting, you know, Desmond Ritter himself as a passer. I do think this is kind of an interesting spot, like for Drake London. I don't love the mm-hmm. inconsistencies that this passing attack has had, um, by any stretch of the imagination. But Washington has actually been like hemorrhaging fantasy points to wide receivers and and this has been kind of a a you know a, a weekly occurrence right and and i think that there could be some opportunity here because uh, top wide receivers have absolutely gone off against this defense so maybe it's just like it it's just hard to to trust this overall pass attack but i i kind of like drake london to have um you know, a, a boomer bust week again this week, as always, but right, uh, yeah. maybe even more so the the ceiling might be a little higher than usual this week against the the commander's defense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And yeah, like you said, this isn't like a defense that really necessarily scares you as far as like what you can do to them through the air. So um, there's potential, at least for Drake London. We know he's got the talent. It's just a matter of uh, Desmond Ritter getting him the ball. So um, let's go to the... Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to start uh, with this one? Minnesota? Maybe, that, maybe Yeah, maybe that uh, big man wide receiver, Mr. All-Pro, headed to IR, which just basically opens up this entire passing offense or or slams it shut, depending on how you're, how you're looking at things. No Justin Jefferson for at least the next four weeks. Um, obviously like uh, that has huge ripple effects uh, throughout the entire offense, just his sheer presence on the field opens up the passing game. So what does this do for Kirk cousins? Uh, You know, how much are you trusting Jordan Addison to be ready to step into a wide receiver one role? So I think this is a decent opportunity for, for Addison, right? Like if, if there was a game for him to kind of have to step up, that this is a good, like favorable matchup for him to do it against Chicago. Um, again, like this, this is not a great defense. No team has allowed more passing yards against than the Chicago bears this year. They've also allowed 12 passing touchdowns, which is the second most, um, their defensive line among the worst in the league in pass rush grade. They rank 31st in that regard. Kirk cousins, been a top 10 quarterback from a clean pocket this season. He's got also got the third most passing yards from a clean pocket. So everything kind of points to this being a good matchup for the combination of Kirk cousins and, and even Jordan Addison this, this week. So I, I kind of like it. I, I I'm putting Kirk cousins in, I'm putting Jordan Addison in. I, I it's a bummer that we don't have Justin Jefferson to kind of fall back on for this offense, but I think they can get it done against this bears defense because this bears defense is what they are this season. Yeah, this is a great sort of um, like dip your toes in the water moment yeah. for Jordan Addison as a top uh, receiving option. Obviously, you're starting TJ Hawkinson. He's probably going to see more targets than ever in this mm-hmm. matchup. Um, but, you know, Jordan Addison, even to this point, 
has been a relatively safe fantasy asset, even with, you know, Justin Jefferson on the field um, to, to kind of function as that wide receiver one uh, 50 plus receiving yards in four or five games this season. He's had a touchdown in three. Um, does that continue when he's sort of the, the top focus of, of opposing coverage? I think it could um, because I think, you know, Jordan Addison just has that, that kind of skill set where he is built um, to, to move and, and, you know, be a top receiving option, even though he lacks size. So I'm not, not too scared there. I'm starting Kirk cousins um, on the other side of the ball. You're starting Justin Fields. You're starting DJ Moore, who has been, this has been like the best QB wide receiver duo over the past two weeks. And it's not even a question. <laughs> It's crazy, right? Like Fields, uh, QB two, two weeks ago, QB one last week. Uh, look, I, I know he did it against Denver and, and Washington, but still four passing touchdowns in each game. And we've yet to really see that big, like rushing upside from him, even though he ran the ball, I think like 10 times last week for 57 yards, but people were writing him off after the first three weeks. Um, I mean, nothing about Minnesota's pass defense really scares you from starting fields or more. So I'm, happy to fire them up again i mean how can you bench them at this point right they've been so good over these these last two weeks so hopefully that that momentum keeps going yeah i i think this will be a, a good spot for that um how about in the running game because uh, you know obviously uh we had khalil herbert go down with an ankle injury then you have roshan johnson who suffered a concussion yeah. there uh you know you had travis homer hamstring like the running back room here in in the chicago bears offense is um, it's hurting. So Roshan Johnson didn't practice Wednesday. His like progression through the protocol is going to be critical. So we're probably going to know here pretty quickly if he's going to play, um, you know, if, if he's not practicing again on Thursday, I think that's probably a sign that he's probably going to be out, which could put Deontay Foreman in position to, to, you know, once again, be an unsung hero, come out of the darkness and perform for fantasy. Cause I don't think this is a terrible matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. I, you know, it, you could find worse uh, and, and maybe we'll potentially get a little bit of volume out of Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I probably more hopeful for Roshan Johnson. Like if he plays like, They've, they've had a longer week to to help him recover from a concussion, obviously playing on Thursday last week. So I, I like Roshan Johnson. I think he's been effective 4.9 yards per carry this season. Um, yeah, Minnesota, I know the defense as a whole is not overly scary, but allowing just three and a half yards per carry in, in the league this year. So they're fifth best in that regard. So the, I think the nice thing about Roshan Johnson and maybe Deontay Foreman can get this role if Johnson's not out there too, is that. Johnson could get work as a passing down back, which is kind of nice to, to pair with that uptick in rushing volume with Khalil Herbert out as well. So there's, I guess there's the opportunity there for Deontay Foreman as well, but probably w there'd be like high end, maybe RB three type for me um, this week, if, if they did play. So most likely starting them like in a flex spot, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I think, <sighs> It's oh God, it's so hard. Like I, I want to play Roshan Johnson really. <laughs> well, if Roshan, let's say Roshan Johnson is out, does that change your because my whole my whole thing uh speculating for Deontay Foreman is under the assumption like I do not play Roshan right. Johnson or do not play sorry, Deontay Foreman if Roshan is active. I don't think you can do that. But if he's out and and you know, Deontay Foreman stands to see 70 
plus percent of mm-hmm. the rush attempts here. Does that change your mind just from a volume standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if we knew that there wasn't going to be like one of these other backs kind of mixed in there, um, that, that definitely helps a little bit. I, I still don't love the matchup. So it, it would be more okay. of like a flex play for me this week. That's, that's the way I'm kind of leaning, but yeah, I, I, I want to put somebody in there, especially because Khalil Herbert's out and there is that potential for a little bit more volume. So I'm most likely going to be starting them in a few places. That's for sure. All right. Some will start. Some about it. Yeah. You're not going to be excited. <laughs> not going to be excited, but yeah, I, I got so many leagues that I'll play them in some and then bench them in others just to kind of hedge my bets a little bit, yeah. but there's potential there. Yep. For sure. Um, all right, let's do a quick ad break here. Uh, and this one is from prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Okay. Last week we had Sam Howell over one and a half passing touchdowns. We had DJ Moore over three and a half receptions. We hit on both of them this week. I found a couple that we might like Bijan Robinson, over 24.5 receiving yards, uh, 24 point. Yeah. 24.5 receiving yards. My God, mixing a water, bud. um, <laughs> and he's gone over that all, but one game so far this year. And then Kirk cousins over 1.5 passing touchdowns. He's hit the over every game this year. How do you feel about those two, um, for this week? I'm feeling good. I, I think we're, we're going to keep this, this strong streak going. Nice. Uh, and, and you know, maybe I'll bring a couple to the table for next week. I'm, Let's I'm do excited. It. All right, let's go. Yeah, we got to keep the undefeated streak going here for prize picks. Um, prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projection projections. Go to prizepicks.com slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com fast slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go on to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seattle. I don't know. They're pretty much a pretty straightforward team. I feel like, right. We're starting DK Metcalf. We're starting Kenneth Walker might be a tougher matchup for Tyler Lockett because this isn't like must start territory as, as for, for me, at least because the Bengals past defense has been pretty good. But other than that, I don't know if there's much to figure out here for the Seahawks offense. Anything stand out to you? No, this is like, you know, probably one of the few offenses. I feel like we kind of have figured out like, Jackson Smith and Jigba, not a figure to this point. He yeah. should not be on your redraft rosters at this point um, based on his current involvement. Uh, DK Metcalf, obviously the top option. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of question marks here, which is kind of refreshing uh, for once, to, to not have that weight on our shoulders. Yeah, we appreciate you, Seattle, for having your mm-hmm. ish together. Um, that's very nice of you. Um, <laughs> uh, how about on the Bengals side? So Joe Burrow last week, Coming off the best game of his is of the year for him, QB six. Are you trusting him this week, or are you still concerned that that potential to kind of fall off is still there? Because we got a large sample size now of him also struggling this year, right? Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not loving Joe Burrow this week, but again, now after fading him so hard in week five, um, I'm like scared to dip my toe in that water. So it, you know, I think like. You know, we we have an interesting spot for Joe Burrow in terms of, you know, like, do you need upside? Then, yeah, maybe go with Joe Burrow. Um, probably some safer options out there, but, it, you know, probably not as many with as high of a ceiling as Burrow as a passer. 
Um, the biggest question, like obviously you're you're starting Jamar Chase. Um, if T. Higgins is active, can you play him? Because he's finished as a uh, you know top eighty wide receiver in just one of four games this year. Top eighty. Yeah, Eight it's zero. been a brutal start for T. Higgins, and and honestly, like. I'm worried about the rib injury thing. Like if they do play him, how effective is he going to be? Like I'm looking for any reason not to play T Higgins basically this week. And if that means that I, I, you know, have to look at Joe Burrow and, and come up with reasons to fade him because for the same reason, then I, you know, that that's the case for me too. Like I don't, I'm definitely starting Jamar chase obviously, but T Higgins is the one and even Joe Burrow. And look, I, I do want to see it one more time this this year from Joe Burrow before trusting him, right? I, I do think he looked better last week, but Bengals O-line hasn't really helped him out too much. They're 25th in pass blocking grade. The Seattle defensive line has the seventh best quick pressure rate in the league. Seattle's they've all the defensive line has generated the fourth most sacks in the league despite being on a bye week last week. Um and, and Burrow, I don't know. I mean, I'm not scared of the Seattle defense, so you can play these two guys, Burrow and Higgins, if you want. But I think depending on who your other options are, like you said, at quarterback, maybe some safer options. Like I like maybe Kirk Cousins versus Chicago, Matthew Stafford against Arizona, maybe Goff versus Tampa Bay, we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. I kind of prefer those guys, at least for one more week, because I love Joe Burrow, but I just don't love what we've seen from him so far this year, as much as the, the most recent sample was at least encouraging. Um so for that reason, I yeah, I'm probably waiting on Burrow for one more week in the same thing with T. Higgins. Right. I'm I'm glad I'm not alone here on this <laughs> island because I I felt awful lonely um after after fading Burrow in week five, but that's all right. Um we Look, we move onward and upward. <laughs> the I mean everything was there to fade Joe Burrow after the start to the year that he had. So I I don't blame you. It was a pretty miraculous turnaround. I, I would say to, to finish as QB six after how poor he was and how bad this offense was um, going into that week. So um, it happens for sure, but we, we, we definitely move on and upward, like you say. Um, so let's go on to uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns, um, man, this is like, another Ugh. one of those <laughs> battle of the defenses basically for for San Francisco this week they played Dallas last week um and they handled them easily i don't really have any concerns that they'll be able to beat the browns this week but is browns defense maybe makes things difficult for purdy and company uh, we talked last week about ayuk and and success that he had against man coverage but facing off against one of those top man coverage leagues uh teams in the league last week against Dallas. They actually held him um, to a quieter game, even though there was a blow and they didn't play the full game. Um, he was just wide receiver 36 in PPR last week. So now it gets another great man coverage defense in Cleveland. So might be tempering expectations a little bit here for, for Ayuk again, Debo as well. Um, I mentioned Kittle last week I was that I was probably starting him, but not excited about it. And then definitely wrong to not be excited about him with those three <laughs> touchdowns. So even though I don't love the matchup for him again, I, I'm not fading him this week. Not after that bit me in the ass last week. So um, yeah, you had yeah. Joe Burrow. I had George, George Kittle. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the 49ers, like you, you saw uh, up against this Dallas Cowboys defense, you know, really kind of minimized, uh, you know, all of the effectiveness that, the Cowboys seem to have previously uh, against some easier matchups, but I, I think you should still expect some, some, uh, you know, hard played defense from this Cleveland Browns unit. 
um, been excellent in coverage, been excellent against the run. Like that's just been one of the league's best defenses to this point. Um, you know, so I, I think you're starting them, but maybe tempering a little bit expectations uh, in terms of efficiency. Um, but on the Cleveland Brown side of the ball, let's talk about Deshaun Watson um, still not practicing with a uh, what they're calling a rotator cuff contusion kind of weird situations going on uh, in the Cleveland Browns uh, universe. I'm fading everybody in this offense. No Jerome Ford, um, you know, Amari Cooper, if you have to, but outside of that, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm with you. No, thank you is, is a good way to put it. Cause yeah, I mean, who knows if Deshaun Watson's going to play, I don't know what is going on there. You would think that after the bye week maybe he was feeling a little bit better. I, I know they, they cleared him for week four, right? Or something like that. But he wasn't feeling comfortable enough to go. Like That's you said, so really bizarre. weird. It's yeah. And they're, they're being very quiet about it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't seem likely that he's going to play, um, which, you know, being without like, you know, your, your starting quarterback up against one of the league's best defenses, not a good situation for, for production, any, uh, any sense of the word. So Cleveland Browns are a no for me, dog. Yeah, yeah, that dog pound. Um, yeah, the uh Dorian Thompson Robinson, as good as he looked in the, the preseason, it was just not uh very encouraging the the week that he filled in for Deshaun Watson. So can't imagine it's gonna look that much better against the 49ers. And like you said, Jerome Ford, even I hate the matchup for Jerome Ford um this week. And that Browns offensive line just has not been as good at run blocking this year that they were last year. So really weird stuff um to see them kind of decline the way they have. So Moving on from the Browns, I think um, let's go on to uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Houston Texans. And where do you want to start? Um, Chris Olave. Uh, how about that? Let, he's not had like the best start to the year. So I, I like what your note is here. So how do you feel about Chris Olave? More like no Lave. Nice, Thanks for nice. teeing me yeah, up there, John. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to drop that in our show doc. Um, I appreciate you teeing me up. Uh, yeah, no thank you for Chris Olave. Um, I'm just politely declining on the brown. I'm very politely declining a lot of these matchups this week. No thank you. Um, Chris Olave like had the touchdown to save his week last week, but um generally speaking, you know, after a, a relatively solid start to the season um, with 80 or more receiving yards in uh, each of the first three weeks, like just had a couple of down weeks, mm -hmm. uh, just 16 total receiving yards uh, over the last two weeks. You don't love that. Um, and I hate this matchup. I, I don't yeah. think this is a, a good matchup going against this uh, Houston Texans secondary that I think um, just is, is playing playing well I, yeah i don't i don't want to target this matchup whatsoever yeah no they, they they have played well they're one of the top team coverage grades um so far for us this year the texans are and yeah like i, I like olave as a player I, I think there's maybe potential for for volume there if this becomes you know a pass heavy game because the texans have been a pretty pass heavy offense themselves so potentially trying to keep up with them um there's maybe that volume there for olave so i'm, I'm starting him but again he, he, you're not targeting him in dfs or, or anything like that necessarily um but yet it's it, it has it's been kind of a, a quieter start like he, like you said just the one touchdown but um and yeah, yeah like maybe the maybe opportunity the... has been great it leads yeah. league in targets of 20 plus air yards um ranks 14th among wide receivers and team target share second most targeted air yards among wide receivers this year like 
he's had the opportunity mm-hmm. just to be clear. And I think that all of that will come to fruition. Just don't love it up against this Texan secondary. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see him become Chris. Yeslave. Um, more than <laughs> that doesn't really Yeslave. work. Well. <laughs> yeah. sounds, I'm trying to think of what nationality he would be. Chris. Yeslave. Um, Yeslave. You know, sounds yeah. like Eastern, Eastern European, maybe. Um, yeah. Like yeah. That. I yeah. think that, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Noted. All right. Um, anybody else from the Saints? Uh, any interest in the rest of these players? Because I'm not as interested in in Derek Carr or or Michael Thomas all that much. I'm fine starting Kamara, but eh, the rest is is not not a great matchup. Yeah. No, thank you. How about for the Texans then? Let's go and look at uh, again. Not a great matchup for the Texans passing offense because the Saints defense has been a really strong coverage unit. Potentially no Tank Dell either. He's dealing with uh, with a concussion. Um, Stroud has been a pretty good streaming option this season. But again, we don't love the matchup. Uh, the Saints have deployed the second highest rate of man coverage so the, so far this season. And then while in man, they've allowed just 4.05 yards per coverage snap and 4.7 yards per coverage target, both of which rank among the, the top two in the league. So that part of it I don't love. How do you feel about the Texas passing offense? Is there anybody that you you do like for this week? I think you can deploy Nico Collins as like a, a high volume play potentially. Um, you know, you said it though, the the Saints defense along the second lowest completion rate in the league at 57 and a half percent. Um, just one of five defenses that have forced more interceptions than they have allowed touchdowns. Like this is not a good matchup. Um, <laughs> even if Stroud maintains his record of uh, most passes without an interception by a rookie. Like I still think we need to temper expectations in general. So really the only guy I'm comfortable targeting here is Collins. And again, that's, that's for the volume, not necessarily for the fact that I think he's going to have a, a bunch of chunk plays or, or an efficient day. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I like Nico Collins. He, again, I mentioned the man coverage for the saints and Collins has been one of the best wide receivers in the league versus man coverage. So I'm fine starting him. Um, he, He's got the fourth most fantasy points per route run against man. He's earned the third highest receiving grade in the league against man coverage. Um, he, He's wide receiver PPR uh, for wide, in PPR wide receiver 11 on the year, but I did probably expect maybe more like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type of range. Like you said, just more based on volume than the, the opportunity to blow up this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, anybody else on Houston? No, no, fair. <laughs> All no. right. <laughs> Again, this is going to be one of those, those matchups that I think is going to be a little bit of a defensive struggle and, one that much like the 49ers versus the Browns, I I don't think that targeting, uh, you know, specifically targeting this matchup for fantasy is going to be very conducive to you winning your week in week six. Right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And then, yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce, the workload, the volume is there, but again, not, not the best matchup for running backs either. So yeah. um Let's go to the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, man, reports of Zach Moss's demise greatly exaggerated, obviously, (laughs) uh, because he came in and dominated the touches last week with Jonathan Taylor in the lineup. I I know that um, Shane Steichen has come out and said that they do expect to increase Jonathan Taylor's workload, but... Zach Moss has been just so incredibly effective this year. It feels inevitable that we'll see Taylor take over at some point soon, but do you think that'll come this week? 
I think it, just based on on the fact that like this has not just been necessarily like a volume thing, although it, that's very much helped for Zach Moss, but he's actually shown the the propensity for breaking off some runs, which you haven't really seen in years past. So I'm okay actually firing him up as a flex play this week against the Jaguars. Um, I, per uh, source, Jim Ursay is considering renaming the team to the Indianapolis Mosses um, because of Zach Moss's <laughs> success. So I think you you can still fire him up in the flex play. I'm also fine, you know, firing up Jonathan Taylor. I think we're probably going to see both of these guys finish somewhere in the RB2 range. Um, but yeah, expecting definitely expecting some more work from Jonathan Taylor here in week six. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Um, and like I said in the the recap show, it feels like they might have paid the wrong running back here. Um, after, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, love uh, to see it. Yeah, yeah, Zach Moss showing out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just looking at Nate's rankings right here as well, and he's got them as RB20 and RB21 in the rankings in favor of Zach Moss right now. So, um, it, it, yeah, just super close. I, I think I think Zach Moss has been good enough to earn that spot as well. So, um. Other things in this game for the the Colts, we got Gardner Minshew back back there. Anthony Richardson obviously is on IR, um, but Minshew revenge game here against Jacksonville. So maybe that does something. But how about Josh Downs? Because he's coming off a really nice week, um, seeing a near 20% target rate this season. I think he was wide receiver 18 in PPR last week. So again, really strong. Minshew seems to like him. He's he's manning that slot role. Trey Herndon, who is the Jags' top slot corner, just the 67.1 coverage grade. He's allowed 224 yards and two touchdowns in his coverage so far this season. So another potential favorable matchup for Josh Downs. I, would you think about starting him this week? Yes. I actually wrote about him in an article coming out tomorrow for PFF. Nice. Uh, for like in case of emergency flex plays. And I, I think this is a great spot. You named it. Uh, Trey Herndon, the the slot corner for the Jaguars has just been unreliable to this point in coverage. And, you know, from a, a standpoint of uh, looking at Minshew as the starting quarterback, uh, Josh Downs has seen the second most targets for Minshew only behind uh, Michael Pittman, mm-hmm. when Anthony Richardson's been in the game, he's been targeting the tight end at a much higher rate. So Minshew been a little bit more favorable to these wide receivers. Um, I think this is a fine, fine play. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm good firing up Josh Downs and I'm not, I'm not looking back. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Let's get the rookie involved a little bit more easy. He's, he's shown some promising stuff. So that's been cool to see. Um, how about on the Jacksonville side? Last week we were debating was it Calvin Ridley or Calvin Midley? Um, he performed well. Uh, he's no longer Calvin Midley. He was wide receiver nine in PPR last week. So it was nice to see him deliver after after we called him out. Um, he was able to take advantage. No Tredavious White for Buffalo. We know about this Colts coverage unit, second most passing yards allowed. So that that's that's really <laughs> just a nice matchup for Jacksonville's wide receivers all around. Christian Kirk, um, Zay Jones, if he plays, I, I don't know if he will, but um, yeah, anybody else on Jacksonville? No, I I think you fire up your Ridleys. I think you fire up your Christian Kirks. This this you know just coverage unit in general um, been favorable to, to giving up some big days to fantasy wide receivers. I think that'll favor Calvin Ridley this week, um, have him as my overall, uh, wide receiver 12. Um, so expecting another, another solid week from him. Um, but yeah, you're obviously playing your Travis Etienne's and, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of where you sit with this one. 
Yeah, same. All right, let's go to the Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins then. Um, you mean the, the Carolina the- Thielens? Yes, yes, they yeah. have been the Thielens for sure. They He's mm-hmm. been just unbelievable. Um, yeah, and uh, maybe... Carolina still in the market for that wide receiver one, like, like we talked about um, last week and maybe that's Jerry Judy, but man, Adam Thielen has been awesome. So you're starting him again. You're firing him up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My wide receiver, uh, 11 on the week, actually, uh, Adam Thielen ranked top 12 among wide receivers and targets, receptions, receiving yards, yards after the catch. And he's one of 18 wide receivers this year with three or more touchdowns. I think you fire him up. Uh, he is a weekly play and I, this, this matchup doesn't scare me at all. Yeah. He's, he's been awesome. So you love to see that for Thielen. Um, I'm with you. I would start him as well. That the other thing for Carolina is the, the Chuba Hubbard take over mm-hmm. here in the backfield slowly slowly but surely but he did outsnap um uh miles sanders last week i know sanders dealing with uh, with a bit of a shoulder injury there so potentially playing a part in his playing time um but we, we've talked about it chuba hubbard has been more effective he's been the better running back and again maybe it's because of injuries but if we continue to see him out snap miles sanders i mean this could be a nice role for for chuba hubbard yeah, I, I think uh, Chuba Hubbard, he's a guy that I'm I'm definitely keeping my eye on more long-term. Don't love the matchup against the Dolphins. Um, it have been kind of middle of the pack against fantasy running backs in terms of scoring allowed, but just not a ton of like big games here right, given up. And the Panthers, you know, I, I do think, again, this is going to be a matchup where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, so unless they get Chuba, you know, heavily involved as a receiver, which I'm not sure if they will or not, um, not loving the spot for him here. You know, I, I think on the other side of the ball though, boy, oh boy, does Raheem Mostert have yeah. a very high ceiling entering this game against a Carolina Panthers defense that cannot stop the run for nothing. No, they're the, the Panthers defense. I don't know what's going on. They, they really can't. I mean, the dolphins too, like these, this is one of the better running teams in the league well they've i mean devin a chain and and raheem mostert have been super efficient which has helped but the dolphins offensive line has helped as well they've generated 2.2 yards before contact per rush attempt uh, which is the second best mark in the league meanwhile the panthers have allowed 2.1 rushing yards before contact so far this season which is the second worst in the league so um Look, if you're looking for somebody this this week, if Raheem Moster for whatever reason, you know, is 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 out there, this is a guy I, he's mostly rostered. But with Devin Achan out, that this this is wheels up for him because there's no really concerns about his potential workload. I wouldn't think. I know Chris Brooks is in there, Jeff Wilson, those guys potentially could play, but I, I I'm not worried. I mean, when given at least a yard before contact this season, Mostert has earned a 91.6 rushing grade, which ranks as the third best mark among running backs. Uh, Achan is first. Um, 
Mostert's also totaled six rushing touchdowns when game when given at least a yard before contact, um, which is tied for the most among running backs. He's got eight explosive runs when given at least a yard before contact, uh, tied for six most. And and Carolina has allowed um, the most rushing touchdowns or tied for the most rushing touchdowns against this season as well. So, like you said, the the matchup is is perfect for Raheem Mostert to have another one of those massive games. Yeah, the uh, Carolina Panthers, like you mentioned, just so, so leaky towards these running backs, uh, have allowed two plus rushing touchdowns to running backs in four or five games this season. Um, so these are this is a, a big moment for some potential upside. Um, outside of that, I think you're you're just kind of starting the rest of your Dolphins as planned. But boy, oh boy, do I like Raheem Mostert as a very high upside option this week. Yeah, that that that's the big one that stands out for me as well. Um, all right, well, let's go to the uh, New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. It is a Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers revenge Ooh. game. Um, so we like that. So how do you feel about uh, these Raiders um, passing options this week against New England? Kind of interesting. I love a good revenge game. So sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll just feed into that. Um, I, I think Jacoby Myers is actually kind of a decent option on a week to week basis, let alone a revenge game at home, uh, wide receiver 20 in fantasy, despite missing a week, uh, with a concussion a week two. he's had two weeks as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. Um, I, I think that this is, uh, you know, I, I think he's kind of a weekly flex play until proven otherwise, um, him and Jimmy G seem to have that connection, but especially loving the fact that this is a home game. They don't have to travel across the country. Um, this Patriots defense has, and offense have just kind of looked like hot messes all around. Um, so yeah, not, not really a, a position where I think you're, you're looking to sit uh, Jacoby Myers. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Jimmy G just because he's, you know, he doesn't have that rushing upside. He's, yeah. he's you know, I, I, I don't trust Jimmy G. Um, obviously has the propensity for, for turnovers, um, you know, so not loving him as an option, but trusting him to get the ball delivered to Jacoby Myers across the middle a, a fair number of times. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been loving Jacoby Myers um, this season and look, the Patriots, they've been destroyed the, the past two weeks. It's been tough to watch, but it's not like, I don't know, their, their defense isn't really like terrible when you dive into the metrics as bad as the last two box scores have looked, right? Like they're a top 10 team in passing yards allowed per attempt and rushing yards allowed per attempt. But the problem I think is more the offense that has just not been able to get anything going. So it, it gives more opportunities for these opposing teams to have the ball as well, right? So still love that for, yeah, Jacoby Myers. Um, he's been a stud. Devontae Adams have a potential bounce back game here after the, you know, not delivering as much against Green Bay um, last week. And then Josh Jacobs has been delivering thanks to volume as well. So that's that's been nice to see. So that those are pretty much the guys. It, it's Devontae, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs in, in Las Vegas. But I'm with you. I'm not as, as interested in, in Jimmy G as much as I hope he does get a win in a revenge game here. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, anybody on New England you're interested in? I, is this no is from like, me, but yeah, it's like a no thank you um group here. Yeah. Maybe outside Hunter Henry because I think this is a decent matchup. I know he laid a goose egg on us um last week, but yes, against the the Raiders safeties and linebackers, I think a potentially better matchup here for Hunter Henry. Um, for those that have been starting him in the past, like myself, um, I'm 
okay going back to him for for another week here and hoping that he can turn it around and if not then i mean there's really nobody on this this patriots offense even ramondre stevenson ezekiel elliott is, is is a messy situation at this point yeah uh again no thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's take another ad break here um this is the last one it is brought we are brought to you today by manscaped who has taken a step up from balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen so this season no need to toil in trouble manscapes all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on-the-go. And being able to shave up to three days' growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolf men with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping uh, with at manscaped.com using code PFF for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Um, all right, so let's go on to the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. So a huge bummer in Arizona because their star running back and he has been a star this season James Conner uh now on injured reserve so Kate how do you feel about this Arizona backfield at this point Amari DeMarcado has been the hot waiver wire claim um this coming into this week you firing him up if you have the chance I'm gonna be honest I'm a little concerned about this backfield and the potential for splits so um you know the you know in addition to the the breakout for DeMarcado, which came on the back of an absence from Keontae Ingram, who's been mm-hmm. functioning as the team's backup, um, missed uh, week uh, five with a, a neck injury, um, you know, seems like he should be good to go for this game. Uh, the team issued an updated depth chart, listed Keontae Ingram as the second running back for whatever for whatever that's worth. Mm. Uh, career high, though, nine rush attempts for 14 rushing yards and a touchdown. Not, not great, Keontae Ingram. Um, uh, uh 74.6 PFF rushing grade in week five is literally better than any rushing grade that Keontae Ingram has ever had in his career so far. Um, you know, his career high 66.3 PFF rushing grade. I worry about this backfield a little bit more. I, I think if you want to start one, it's probably DeMarcado for me, but not really looking to start either because I think this could be one of these these things where you you might get close to a 50-50 split and that's going to just generally not be good for either of their production. Yeah, he you don't have the same level of excitement with this group as you do when when James Conner is back there obviously and and we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago about that Arizona offensive line having, you know, one of the worst run grades in 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 uh, run blocking and and James Conner basically fighting for his life and, and doing everything he can. He has that talent to be able to do it. We don't we just don't know yet with DeMarcado and um and and Keontae Ingram. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. But yeah, I'm not overly excited about um firing them out up this week as much as it might be nice to have them um coming off the waiver wire. You don't necessarily have to start them yet because Connor will be out for at least four games. So um you kind of hold there. Anybody else on Arizona though? No. 
no yeah we we, we kind of know what they are um how about on the rams because again maybe another team we we kind of know exactly what they are right puka puka nakua cooper cup you, you can start these guys and feel pretty comfortable about it um same thing with with matthew stafford at this point too and, and you know um, if you're looking for a matchup based play this could be a good one kyron williams too um you know he's been he's been super solid how do you how do you feel about kyron williams this week against uh the cardinals i think you fire him up um mm-hmm. you know I, I think from all things considered he's been you know a, a nice volume play um so far arizona is giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs uh 200 plus yard performances um over the last three weeks so you, you like that um you know they've they've been perfectly susceptible uh to you know giving up some yardage on the ground so i think he's he's a fine play i think yeah, we we kind of know what this offense is, right? You you start your pukas, your cups, and your chirons, and uh, hope for the best. Nice, I like it. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, New York Jets. So we've got a few different things we could talk about in this one. Um, where should we start? Let's start with well, let's start with apologies to um, Dallas Goater, to who is it? That's his new nickname um, after his previous nickname that was unfortunate last week. Um, he definitely made us pay for that uh, finishing as the tight end two on the week. So uh, how do you feel about Dallas Goddard now that he is um, coming off a strong week for once? I mean, I, you don't love the the performance to date, obviously, but yeah. you know, just considering the the current state as always of the tight end position, hard to sit him. Uh, finishes yeah. the tight end two uh, last week. Prior to that, hadn't cracked the top twelve, so you just kind of hope that connection continues. Um, you know, I, I think you know at least the the Jets have been susceptible enough across the middle. Um, you know, they they might go back to the well uh, for for that matchup again here in week six mm-hmm. uh how about the the wide receivers i'm not like i think you just kind of start your your aj browns even devonta smith who had um you know kind of come down from earth a little bit after starting the season red hot um it's really been sort of the the aj brown show so far are you are you cooling the jets on devonta smith or is he still a suitable flex play against this jets defense yeah, I think you put him probably more in the flex range, um, but he's definitely been quiet, right? Like the, the, the last few weeks, I, the, in the last three weeks, um, he is PPR wi- uh, wide receiver 52. So really, really quiet after the, the first two weeks of the season. So slight concerns that, you know, th- these mat- these games are going to come, but there's also going to be the big games for him too. Right. And I don't necessarily feel that it's going to happen this week against the New York jets. They have a pretty good um, coverage unit over there. So you probably, I think you're putting him in the flex, but you're not, I don't know. You don't love this matchup for him, but AJ Brown, I don't really have a problem with. I know he's probably going to see a lot of sauce Gardner, um, but AJ Brown is still, uh, he's, he's been too dominant to, to bench at this point where Smith has been, a little bit concerning. I guess I do have some concerns. Do you, are you concerned at all about Smith? Yeah, just just sort of tempering expectations. Like you said, kind of consider him more of a flex play mm-hmm. um, other than, you know, rather than relying on him as like a top tier wide receiver, which is unfortunate. That's what you drafted him for. Um, but obviously, like the the ceiling is so high. Don't love the matchup here. Um, so like if you if you have solid options, I'm fine. Fine sitting Devonta Smith in this one. But um you're, I 
always going to do it with the caveat that, you know, maybe, maybe he's about to go off because uh, it, you know, this high octane offense is, yeah. you know, hard to, hard to shut down on all cylinders at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, okay. So here's the question. If you had to choose between Devonte Smith and Garrett Wilson um, this week, because Garrett Wilson is in this game, Ooh. he let us down again last week, um, which we were hoping that he'd have that big game. It wasn't great. It was fine. You know, it wasn't like amazing, but I, I thought it would be a much better game against the Broncos uh, or was it? Yeah. Broncos. I, I can't remember. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, something like <laughs> It that. was a good matchup. It was a good yeah. matchup. He should have had a better game than, than what he did. So can you trust Garrett Wilson um, this week? I think you play him as a wide receiver too and, and expect sort of like, you know, wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 30 production from him. And that's, I think what you're going to get most weeks, if you need a a little bit of a safer play, I think Garrett Wilson, though, his ceiling is a bit lower. I think he's a little bit less volatile on a week to week basis than Devonta Smith. So for me, that's sort of dependent on what your lineup needs specifically. If you just need like a, an option where you know what you're going to get, then I, I defer to Wilson. Um, if you need, you know, somebody that has weak winning potential, that's Devonta Smith for me. Um, but you know, I, I think I generally speaking prefer Wilson. That's all right. Fair enough. Um, how about, okay. So positive out of the New York jets, uh, offense here, Brees hall fully unleashed last week, dominates the touches finishes as the RB three overall, how are you feeling about Brees Hall after seeing uh, that usage last week? I mean, you're feeling amazingly well. Um, yeah. You you love to see that. Tempering expectations for Brees Hall, even though he has been unleashed, of course. Like, it, I think what you do is you you take week five and and you say, okay, he's checked all the boxes. He looks healthy. Hit 21 and a half miles per hour on his 72-yard touchdown in week five. That's the eighth highest speed hit by any player at any position so far in the 2023 season, um, like guns a blazing speed for days. And and you love to see that, especially for a guy coming off a torn ACL. But uh, this week at matchup against the Eagles, I hate that matchup for him. Yeah. Um, you can't sit him because literally it takes one missed force tackle and he's gone. Um, yeah. So that that's all he needs to do is force one missed tackle. Uh, but Eagles are the only team allowing fewer than 10 fantasy points to opposing running backs, uh, like just over three yards per carry tied for the six fewest uh, broken tackles allowed in the league. Like not a great matchup in terms of upside, but again, you don't sit him because you're, it's always one play. It, all it takes is one play from Brees Hall and, and he's performed as an RB two for the week and, and, you know, and then some, so yeah. Tempering expectations, not excited, but excited for what at least that performance in week five showed us as to his health. Yeah, I think that's the main thing, right? Is that he looked healthy. And like you said, he got up to what was it, 21? 21 and a half miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. So for my Canadian brothers and sisters listening, that's like 34 kilometers per hour. Um, so just under the speed limit in subdivisions, basically, uh, <laughs> is pretty small. Um, so yeah, you love to see that he's healthy he's, and he's 
getting the touches now, I am perfectly fine um, just dropping Dalvin Cook at this point. I, there's there's no real reason to hold him at this point other than a handcuff. Um, but Brees Hall's look so good um, that, yeah, you, you're not going to be starting Dalvin Cook anyway. So um, very nice to see from Brees Hall. Anything else from this game uh, that you want to touch on before we go on? No, I think I'm ready to roll. All right, let's go on then to the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where do you want to start um, with this one? Because we got a few. Uh, well, I don't know. They're not nothing too crazy, but any specific area you want to start with these two teams? No, you you start David Montgomery, right? The yeah. the RB one oh for the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, it, I think the biggest question mark is how much do you trust? Um, how much do you trust Jared Goff on the road? Um, you know, playing outdoors, he's been a very viable fantasy quarterback to this point in the season. Um, you know, health is kind of the, the main concern. Um, any update on, uh, Amonra St. Brown to this point, uh, and his availability I saw that him? he was back at practice. So it sounds like he's on track, um, to play this week. So feeling pretty good about that. Um, okay. at least for, yeah, for at least being able to stream Jared Goff. Um, I, I don't know. I like Jared Goff this week. I, I think, you know, coming off of that, game last week he was the QB4 um in, in week 5 i think this is a decent um matchup against the bucks again looking at the kind of o line d line matchup of it all from a clean pocket goff has earned a 92.3 passing grade which ranks as the second best mark in the league he's thrown for seven touchdowns from a clean pocket which is tied for third most like i said potentially getting him on Ross St. Brown back this week, which, which helps to produce there for fantasy purpose purposes. Um, and then a 6.2% big time throw rate for McLean pocket, which is a top five mark among quarterbacks. So he's been really good. And yeah, like you said, the, the being on the road makes it a little bit more difficult for him, but I don't mind Jared Goff this week. I, I think I would consider him over, over like a Joe Burrow, um, at least for this week. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. As long as Amonra St. Brown is active, um, I, I think that's, that's definitely a fair notion. Um, the, the home road splits really like last year were kind of a huge problem for Jared Goff. He was really yeah. kind of unplayable, uh, when he was on the road. So that, you, you know, you like to see him bouncing back uh, a little bit there. Um, still not practicing is Jameer Gibbs though, mm. which might mean wheels up again for David Montgomery wheels have been up anyway. Um, Jameer Gibbs dealing with a hamstring injury missed uh, week five. I've Ugh. yeah, it's uh, yeah, not good. I, I don't know. This has definitely not been <laughs> what we've wanted from Jameer Gibbs between usage and now obviously dealing with some health stuff there as well. So I think even if he is playing, you just, you potentially could be sitting him this week. I don't think that you know, I think not practicing today probably means that even if he does play, he's not going to get a very good workload um, to work in there and and deliver any kind of fantasy potential, especially considering how much they've leaned into David Montgomery. So not interested in, in Jameer Gibbs this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Even if he's active, I'll probably have him on my bench in most leagues, unless I'm uh, really, really hurting um, just even, even, you know, his workload, when healthy has not been ideal, let alone his workload coming back from a hamstring injury, which we know they have a tendency to linger, have a tendency to get uh, aggravated um, quite often. So keep an eye on the the practice report, but either way, um, not, not looking to start Jameer Gibbs, but you know, it, I think at least some 
continued assurance for David Montgomery managers that uh, he is an RB1 play, uh, I, I think, for the time being. Yeah, this Lions offense, they love to run the ball as well, and they, they've been good at it. They got a great offensive line there to be able to do that. Um, how about on the Bucs side, coming off of a bye week uh, last week, anybody stand out to you as far as like question marks or, or potential matchup plays here? Because the Lions defense has also been pretty good too. Lions defense has been solid. And then it, another thing worth noting, um, Mike Evans, I feel like quietly not, uh, been practicing also managing right. a hamstring injury, these nagging hamstring injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like, uh, there was a, a report here, Greg Auman, um, still no Mike Evans, uh, at the bucks practice today. He, he tweeted out, uh, on Thursday afternoon, TBD on what that means for his availability, but not great to log like two back-to-back, you know, days of, of missing practice. Um, obviously a little bit on the older side, uh, you know, it's, it's not an ideal situation. I think, uh, you know, this might give Chris Godwin a little bit of bump based on volume if Mike Evans isn't good to go. Um, but yeah, this, this Lions defense has, has much improved from what we saw in 2022. They're no longer, um, a, a matchup necessarily to stream against. So, um, you know, I am starting Chris Godwin, but not really looking for, for much else. I'd, I'd prefer to look elsewhere, even for, uh, a guy like Rashad White, um, mm-hmm. just it, knowing that, you know, Lions are are actually kind of crushing it against the run right now, allowing the second fewest fantasy points to the position uh, so far this season. So not not loving that even held Bijan Robinson just a eight total fantasy points. Yeah. Um, he hadn't t- Tyler Algier combined for just under 12 fantasy points. Uh, you don't you don't love to see that. And this has been a, an offense that, you know, how knows how to run the ball. So if they can't do it, I'm not trusting a, a guy like Rashad white and um, you know, behind this offensive line to, to get that job done. Yeah. Well said. I, I I'm with you. I feel I, I there's a, a league. I have a choice between yeah Rashad white and, and Josh downs a dynasty league in my flex spot. I'm, I'm going to probably go with Josh downs um, this week. I think the ceiling's a little bit higher. I think yeah, that's fair. I think so. Um, all right. Anything else from Tampa Bay or Detroit? No, right. I think we're, it, yeah, I, I think, again, this is kind of one of those matchups that uh, we have a lot of answers for, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah it's been kind of nice. Um, all right, let's go into prime time here, Sunday night football and the New York Giants, of course, why not, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, Daniel Jones, it seems like he's unlikely to play. He's dealing with a neck injury there. So Tyrod Taylor would potentially start. This is not an easy matchup against the Bills defense. You got Darren Waller also banged up. Saquon Barkley's coming off an injury. The Giants offense has, has been pretty ineffective recently. So is there anybody on, on New York that you're willing to, to put into your starting lineup this week? I mean, I, I think you probably start Saquon Barkley, um, you know, which where do you even have that, that much of a question mark there? Yeah. Uh, you know, the bills have been dealing with some injuries themselves on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately lost Matt Milano just last week, lost a uh, starting defensive tackle. So like they're, they're, they're hurting on the other side of the ball, which, you know, that, that could help the, the giants just a little bit, but even the bills uh, down several key assets, probably better than, than a lot of just healthy defenses right now. Mm-hmm. So Saquon Barkley, I think you start him if you need a potential volume play, you know, if Darren Waller is 
limited. And then this contest, maybe we see a, a bit more involvement from Saquon in terms of, um, you know, his involvement as a receiver. But again, don't love that he's coming off of injury. I, I'm just kind of staying away from the New York Giants. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat there where it's like you start Saquon if you if you have him because you probably don't have a ton of better options there. But I don't know. I, I don't even know if I would be starting Darren Waller this week. I, it, it's always concerning when he's he's a little bit banged up in, in, in practice in the week ahead and potentially, like you said, could be limited if he even plays. So it just becomes so much more risky with, with Darren Waller, given the injury history. So I think I would be leaning away from him as well, even in a weird tight end landscape uh, as, as always. So um, yeah. How about on the Buffalo side? Cause we pretty much know again, what this offense is. This is a pretty straightforward offense, but the, probably the only question mark is, is James cook. Um, so how do you feel about James Cook this week? Because he's coming off a five carry game for negative four yards last week. He split the goal to go snaps with Latavius Murray. Um, he's had some fine games this season, but I just, I do not love him as much that that I have to start him every week or really, I'm really looking to upgrade from James Cook if I can in fantasy lineups at this point. If you can, um, if you can't, like, I, I think he's an all right flex play here in, in week six specifically, obviously you don't love the decline in usage, um, right out of the gate, you know, saw 17 carries in week two was super productive on those mm -hmm. carries, which you love. Um, but since then has, has declined in rushing production each of those weeks since week two, um, again, you just don't love that, but you know, um, I, I think I believe in the talent for yeah. James Cook. I believe in the explosive nature of the offense. And I do think that this is going to be one of these matchups where, um, you know, I don't know the, the game in London games, games in London are always a little <laughs> screwy. And I think that that's probably also symptomatic of that. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to expect the Buffalo bills to, to gain a nice, decent lead on these giants which should be conducive to the run game. Um, and, and I'm fine playing James Cook, especially for that reason. Um, but yeah, not you're not going to be excited about it, but I think he's a fine flex play. That's fair. That's fair. And yeah, as I try to contain myself from laughing at that that <laughs> London accent, I had uh, uh, Jace Abbey on the IDP <laughs> preview um, last or last night uh, for for that episode, and he is from London and has a really good um, English accent. So this and was I like have it, to follow that up. Oh my! Yeah, it was gosh. like it, I mean, it really felt like I was talking to him again with how well that that accent uh, came through here. <laughs> TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody else uh, worth talking about in this Sunday night football matchup for you? No, let's head over to Monday night football for a matchup that I have no idea what to make of. Dallas Cowboys at Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night. What a weird game uh, for the Dallas Cowboys coming off that, oh, that outing against the 49ers. Obviously, one of the best defenses in the league is, is you know, you know, it, you can't expect a ton from any offense, but I think everybody had the the expectations just a bit higher for these Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott coming off of one of the worst games of his career, uh, but matchup against the Chargers, not not a shabby one, right? Like Chargers rank uh, fifth lowest PFF coverage grade. Um, could see maybe a CD Lamb bounce back. Yeah, I, I I think I feel pretty good about a CD Lamb bounce back. Um... Yeah, I 
I don't know. I mean, the Chargers defense, like it's not terrible in any way, right? Like, but they're definitely not the 49ers, right? So um, that part of it has you optimistic about what the Cowboys can do on offense. So I'm definitely, I have no problem starting CeeDee Lamb, obviously uh, Tony Pollard for sure against the Chargers um, and, and their run defense. But I think somebody that that's kind of interesting as well is Jake Ferguson, um Mm -hmm. so for at tight end right so just 60 percent route participation on the year but like peyton hendershot also now on ir right Uh, that literally just happened today but 25 percent target rate leads all dallas receiving options who have at least who have around at least 25 routes cd lamb at 22 percent. so i know he doesn't have the the volume that uh, CD lamb does as far as routes, but Jake Ferguson is getting targeted at a higher rate when he's on the field. Um, the one area that I do like uh, for, for this Cowboys passing offense is the chargers are allowing 8.34 yards per pass attempt, uh, which is the third worst mark in the, in the league. So there's potential here, I guess, for, for this Dallas offense to get back on track. I just, Last week was concerning enough that <laughs> I'm like, I'm not overly excited about it, but uh, I kind of like Jake Ferguson this week. Yeah, I, I like Jake Ferguson, uh, tight end 13 and fantasy points per game uh, for fantasy so far this year. And that includes some down weeks. Um, you know, I, I think this is a an interesting matchup. Like you said, the Chargers, not not the scariest of defenses. So yeah, you're not necessarily concerned about that. Um, this game does have the the highest point total of the week at 50 and a half points on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you you know, I think there should be scoring potential in this outing, um, which again should be conducive to to you know a, a decent amount of uh hopefully passing um, you know, for our Jake Ferguson shares. But yeah, it, it's very clear that Dak Prescott, when Jake Ferguson is on the field, um, he's inclined to target him. And I think uh, that's probably going to continue as, as you know, the, the weeks go on. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, you start Jake Ferguson, you start CD lamb. I I'm still fine starting Tony Pollard, even though he's been disappointing as of mm-hmm. late. Um, you know, not a, not a ton of questions here for me. I think this could be a really nice bounce back week for CD lamb um, just against that, that charger secondary on the other side of the ball, we have Austin Eckler uh, making his return uh, from from that ankle injury that's been nagging. Um, what do we expect from Austin Eckler here in in his return? And you know, it, what version of the Dallas Cowboys defense do we see? I think that's a, maybe the biggest question. Yeah, that that's definitely the biggest question. I am still concerned about facing the Dallas defense. I, I do think they're still a very good defense. Um, definitely dealing with more injuries now, though. Um, we know obviously Trayvon Diggs is is out, but they also lost Leighton Vander Esch, their top linebacker, last week as well. So potentially some holes to kind of take advantage of there, especially for somebody like an Austin Eckler. He's, I feel like he's had long enough to heal from that ankle, basically that hopefully he comes back this week and he he doesn't have any kind of limitations. Um, But yeah, this, this should be a decent, um, I I think play. I, I don't, I'm not sitting Austin Eckler basically is what I'm saying. He's, he's going in my lineup. I know it's against the Cowboys defense, but it just feels like, it's been a while now that we that that he's had to kind of heal up and, and they, they're coming off the bye week as well. So there was always the potential that if they had a game last week, he could have played. So 
this this should be, I would think, a full workload for for Austin Eckler. At least I hope so, um, and hope I'm not wrong on that one. Because yeah, I'll be starting him pretty much anywhere that I have him. Yeah, and then at at quarterback, you're obviously starting Justin Herbert. You're starting, you know, Keenan Allen. Again, not the best matchup against this Cowboys defense, but they are managing some injuries, which should help the Chargers move the ball perhaps a, a bit more efficiently than they might otherwise. Um, yeah, maybe this is again one of those matchups that are kind of fairly straightforward. Um, it, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm I'm starting Keenan Allen. Yeah, even though again a good coverage defense. I think that probably the only player that I'm I'm maybe I have questions of or I'm avoiding is Josh Palmer. Um, yep. He just hasn't had a lot of success against man coverage, and the Cowboys definitely love to deploy man coverage, and they're really good at it. So um, he he ranks 40th in fantasy points per route run against man, uh, 58.6 receiving grade against man. That ranks 69th in the league. So. Don't love Josh Palmer this week. If I had to pick somebody to to completely avoid from this Chargers offense, it's probably Palmer. Yeah, very, very fair. You're definitely not playing Quentin Johnston either. Like, yeah, I think Keenan Allen's like the the one guy that you can really count on. And, you know, even then might not be the most efficient version of him himself. Uh, you, you might be sort of counting on him more as a volume play, but obviously, you know, he's Justin Herbert's go-to guy. For sure. Um, all right, well, that is going to do it for another weekly preview episode. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. A big thank you to Kate uh, for knocking out another one of these big episodes with me. Um, hey, but an hour and a half, that's not bad. We're, we're cutting yeah. down on the time as we get into the flow of things here. We have less questions as we go uh, game to game. So cutting down on the time as well, which helps. Um, but thank you, Kate, before, uh, for, for coming on here and crushing it as usual. And uh, yeah, before you go, please let everybody know what you have up on pff.com this week. Yeah, I got the uh, week five rushes and touches report uh, outlining some of the biggest takeaways from running backs in week five and uh, what they mean moving forward for your fantasy teams. Uh, panic or antic report. And then uh, tomorrow have coming up Friday, uh, the in case of emergency flex play. So check them out. I like it. Um, yeah. And then as for me, I have the yeah IDP fantasy report that's out now. Uh, IDP rankings, wide receiver man zone coverage report it should be up. I know it was delayed getting up there, but it should be up by the time this, this episode drops. Um, and then O-line, D-line matchups to target and avoid coming out on Friday. So be sure to check all that out. We appreciate you all for listening. Um, thank you for tuning in. If you're on the YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe as well. It helps us a big uh, deal as well. Um, but yeah, appreciate you all. Good luck in week six, and until next time, peace out.